Would you like to be happier? Would you like to have a stronger marriage? Would you enjoy having a better relationship with your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends, the people that you work with? Wouldn't we all? In a world where we have everything at our fingertips, have more wealth than can be imagined, and are protected by many devices, God has been replaced. People are experiencing loneliness, stress, depression, and a host of many other mental illnesses. The temperature of the world continues to rise as people try to figure out what to do about climate change. Crime continues to rise as people spread further and further apart to keep themselves from harm. What if the answer to all these concerns is God? Join me on this podcast as I journey through a passage that has shaped the life of my wife and me. Psalm 127. This passage holds the keys to what ails the world. I absolutely believe it. Join me in this podcast as we journey together talking about life, love, work, play, all of it, just to figure out if God is really the most important thing in our lives. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Unless the Lord, a podcast by me, your host, Alan Getty. And I am excited to get to talk to you guys today. Uh, Just a few little things. Number one, uh, if you want to subscribe and like the podcast, that would be great. That would be very helpful. If you would like to know more about my book, Unless the Lord, uh, through Psalm 127, uh, you can look it up, Unless the Lord by Alan Getty. Uh, it's on Amazon, Apple, wherever you buy books, you can buy my book. So look it up, check it out, read it. Um, let me know what you think. So I uh, had an interesting week this week. So we got found out on Monday or Tuesday uh, that... Um, my daughter had said yes to get married to her her boyfriend, now fiancé. And a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned that he had come down. I was talking about marriage and mentioned he had come down and talked to us. I did not realize that my daughter listened to my podcast. So needless to say, I wasn't supposed to say anything. I was supposed to keep it quiet, and I didn't. Epic fail first fail by the new father-in-law right there. So I thought that was pretty funny. So anyway, we're getting ready for that and it's exciting. Um, And here we are, it is March. So what are some important things that happen for me in March? Well, first of all, I love the time change. Probably one of the first years I'm really going to love the time change. Why? One, because I love working outside and I haven't, like, it's been cold. When it does get warm, it's super windy. I don't really like to do it by myself and I haven't been feeling great. But when the time change hits, I'll be able to get home, get some things done and still have some time to do some stuff outside. So kind of excited for that. Um, Also, it's time to put in for hunts. Uh, so this year I've already put in for my hunts and, uh, hopefully I'll draw some sort of hunting thing, either elk or deer. Last year was a good year. I drew, I, I didn't, I drew a deer tag. I didn't go deer hunting. 
Um, but this year I put in with a friend for deer, a friend for elk, and a friend for oryx, and then I put in for antelope by myself because chances of drawing antelope are slim to none. So, eh, no big deal. But what I do know is this, is that um, when I put in for my hunts, there is an extreme amount of just pure luck, whether or not you draw. In New Mexico, um, it is every year, there's this many tags, this many people put in, you have the same chance every year. We don't have a point system like they do in some states where you put in for a year, you don't draw, you get a point. And then the next year, it actually gives you a better chance to draw. And if you don't draw, you get another point. And then the next year, so you can see what happens, it goes up and your chances of drawing become better and better and better. But we don't have that in New Mexico. It is same chance every year. So, anywho... Uh, made me think about what I wanted to talk about this week um, and what I'm going to talk about kind of all month. So last month I talked about marriage and relationships. This month I want to talk about luck. Well, I mean, come on. March is the month of St. Patrick's Day. We talk about four-leaf clovers. We talk about pots of gold at the end of a rainbow, a lot of different things um, that we talk about in March about luck. So here's a couple things. Um, I'll tell this story. My dad used to go to the dog races. Now, if you've never been to the dog races, it's greyhounds, and they have nine greyhounds, and they come out, they put them in a box, and they have, the, I'm sorry, I'm yawning. They have this uh, like electronic bone or rabbit or whatever you want to call it. And it sticks out and it's on a track on the inside of the track. And it sticks out across the track. And they start that thing off. It makes some noise. Rah, 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 and then they open the gates. And these dogs take after this thing. And they go. And they are running all the way around that track uh, and they, they come back around and they, and the first one finishes one, two, three, four. Anyway, my dad and my grandpa and a lot of the people we knew, we went to the dog races almost every night in the summer. It was six o'clock off. We go to the dog races. They start at seven. They'd end at 10. It was still daylight in Oregon. Most of the time during the dog races, we would I mean, sometimes they'd be under the lights, but for the most part, it was daytime almost until the end of the races. Well, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, gambling and all that. And I, 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 I was too young to gamble. So, um, but I loved the dog races. I loved everything about the dog races. I had so much fun. They had little concession stands. I could get some nachos, some ice cream and whatever. And there were a couple things that happened at the dog races that were just kind of fun for me in my life. One was there was one year um, where I went out and I looked at the dogs and I started noticing something in the dogs. It was like a bow in their back. Uh, some dogs had a very, they were very proud, big chest and, uh, and they stood up straight. And other dogs sort of walked with a bow in their back. 
And I went back into my dad and I was, you know, I was probably 12 years old. And I go back into my dad and I'm like, hey, listen, that bow in their back makes me think they're going to be streamlined. And I would say, and I would like you to bet these dogs that have this bow in their back. <laughs> my dad, so kind, so wonderful, just loved that we would go out and do this together. So he did. He, he started betting the dogs that had bows in their back. And he started winning. It was crazy. It was a weird, crazy thing. Before the end of the year rolled around, I would come in with my picks and all of dad's friends and all of the people, they'd come over to see what I was picking. That's how good I was doing. And I wasn't betting any money, but my dad was doing great. And that was one year. And then the same time, at the end of the night, dad would have me go around before they would sweep. And he would have me pick up all of the tickets on the ground. And then the next day, I would go and I would, uh, dad would put down who won each race in his little book. They had a little, like a little program that had all the different races in them. And uh, he would put down who won, you know, who came first, second, third, all that. And then he would have me go through the book the day after with all the tickets that I got. And I, I could look on that ticket. I could see which race it was. I could see what the bet was. I could go to that race in my dad's program. I could see who won. And what was crazy is that sometimes I would find winning tickets. And then dad would take and he would take that ticket and he would go get it. And he would, I wouldn't say give me the cash, but he would tell me how much we won. And I would get to go and get snacks based on that money. So, um, you know, I might win five or 10 bucks or sometimes I'd win a little bit more, but for the most part, it was a couple winners here, a couple, a couple that came in third. So I'd have a show ticket, but dad would give me all the money because that money was spent and whatever the winnings were, plus the money that was spent. So I could get ice cream or a hot dog or nachos or soda, whatever I wanted. Dad would let me get after that. I would do that. And, uh, and and when I was going through it, you know, I would feel really lucky that I got a ticket that was a winner. Now, here's where I want to kind of throw the idea of luck out there. And then we'll talk about this throughout the month. But just to start um, with the idea of luck, is luck real? Well, I want to say that I don't believe that luck is real. I, I, I understand like with the drawing for hunting that there's some aspect of just what number gets picked. Right. So, but is that luck? I don't know. Let's, let me, let me, let me sort of unpack this and then we'll get started next week on looking at different things as far as, are you lucky with this? Are you lucky with this? I don't believe that luck is real. I mean, first of all, because I believe that God is the God of the universe and God controls everything. So therefore, I don't believe that luck can happen. Now, if I'm out gambling, um, I don't believe God is in favor of that. So I don't know what that means. But I still think God will bless me even in the midst of doing something wrong, which is kind of a weird statement, right? So I don't believe in luck. All right. What do I mean? Okay, so let's take the initial story of me being at the dog races 
and me picking dogs and then on the flip side of that, me picking up the tickets. Now, when I went out and looked at those dogs, I saw something in them that I really, really liked. And true, it didn't really mean anything, um, although it did that year. But then the next year when I went out and did the same thing, guess what? Didn't work. So um, it, it meant something that year. But what I remember more than anything was that dad, because I had these dogs that really had bowed backs and I really liked them. And dad began to watch these particular dogs and he would watch how they would run in particular races. And dad began to bet those dogs based on how much he'd watched them because of how much I liked them. And he was winning money based on the fact that he knew something about those dogs that other people didn't know. There was an amount of work that went into that, that it wasn't luck. It became almost like there was a process and a form. And most of the time when you go to the dog races or the horse races, they actually fix it so that it makes it hard. I mean, maybe not in the horse races so much, but in the dog races, it was like, if you won three at an early level, then you would move up to the next level. And how often you would win in that next level, that became sort of the, and there were speeds, there were times, there were all these different things, but so many things went into that. So the idea that my dad had studied a few of these dogs to the point that he just knew, and these dogs were not favorites because if they were not in the perfect situation, they wouldn't win. It just happened to be that these dogs, dad had figured out and we had figured out because I liked them so much that if they were in this position against these dogs, they were going to win every time and it worked. So luck? I don't think so. Some luck, definitely, but I don't think it was luck. Dad noticed something and would pay attention because of what I was paying attention to that it wasn't as much luck as it was just we got this. Now, uh, dad loved to gamble, so and still does, I'm, I'm sure. But he, I don't know, because the dog races aren't there. So dad watches horse races, and I know he puts bets on them. But, um, but all the other races, dad, you know, one loss, one loss didn't matter. But on the ones that these dogs were in, he was winning a lot. So, no, I don't think that was luck. And then let's talk about me going around and picking up all of the tickets that were on the ground. Now, I, I thought I was lucky because I was getting some winning tickets. But here was why my dad had me picking them up. So my dad would have me go pick them up at like the 10th race of the night because he knew this. My dad knew that after five or six races, people had had enough to drink or they had... They had lost enough that they were upset and they would throw all their tickets on the ground and leave. And dad knew this, that there were a lot of guys that went to the dog races that rather than go and make their bets before every race, they would go and make all their bets at the beginning of the night. And then they would get to the fifth or sixth race and not have any luck and would toss their hands up in the air and be done. Now, it wasn't a lot of them, 
it was maybe one or two, maybe three guys, or maybe there was a guy who just wasn't paying attention and tossed his ticket and walked away and ended up winning and he didn't even know he had a winning ticket. Um, maybe he forgot what he bet when he went to the, to the ticket line. So many things could happen between going to the ticket line and going and holding that ticket. It wasn't like going online and betting on something and seeing it over and over and over again. You had to remember what you bet. You had to look at that ticket and you had to take that ticket back. So was it luck that I was getting some winning tickets? No. No, you see, because when I would go and pick up all those tickets, my dad knew that there would be some in there where somebody made a mistake or somebody left or something like that, that there would be tickets that were winners left on the floor. So um, these things that I was doing were not so much luck. Winning at that moment wasn't so much luck. There was work involved. There were realizations. There were thoughts, right? There were, there were thoughts. Like if, if I, my dad knew that if he had me pick all that stuff up, that there was a good chance I would find some winning tickets. And I was willing to do the work. Dad made me do the work, so I did the work. So the money that I got, although there was a chance I might not find any winning ones, there was also a chance I would. And the chances got better the more I got. So I'm only using those examples to kind of give us an idea moving forward through the month of March on what I'm going to talk about. So if I'm going to talk about luck, right? And everybody knows we say, hope I get, hope I get, hope I get luck. I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm lucky. Um, I hope this goes well. I hope there's good luck. I'm praying for good luck, whatever that looks like with you. I want you to try and take that out of your vocabulary. And I'm going to talk to you about how we can take that out of our, out of our vocabulary and how we can begin to look at things that we think might be lucky as really not lucky right? I'll use a hunting story and then I'll be done. Okay. This last year, Nehemiah and Phoebe got cow tags. Now we were driving down the road and there were cows crossing the road. First thing in the morning, Nehemiah got out, shot his cow first thing in the morning, right next to the road. And when I talk to people, they're like, man, you're so lucky can't believe that happened. Here's the deal is I have been to that area so many times that I knew that if we were driving down the road at the right time or that road or the other road that we were going on, there was a really, really good chance that the elk would be there. A lot of people, when it comes to hunting, they don't do the work ahead of time to really see where the elk might be. They just sort of go up and go, well, I'm going to try. <clears throat> so what we're going to learn this month is that luck is not real and we can take it out of our vocabulary because in every situation I'm going to give you where luck, where we could say, oh man, he's so lucky, I can almost guarantee in every situation I'm going to give you, in every situation we talk about this month, 
you are going to see that although there was a chance it could fail, and although there were chances it could succeed, every situation where there was success, the person did the work so that the success they received was more likely than failure. Let's take luck out of our vocabulary in March. Join with me as we do that. Next week, we're going to talk about luck in relationships. I want to talk specifically about luck in marriages and in romantic relationships. I think the worst thing anybody has ever told me is you're so lucky with who your wife is. Like I didn't have a choice. All right, we'll talk about that next week. Hey guys, have a great week. Remember, if you have any questions or anything, alangedde at gmail.com. That's A-L-A-N-G-E-D-D-E at gmail.com. You can also reach me through my website, unlessthelord.org. I have a contact us button right there. You can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram. Facebook message me. You have a question, ask it. I will try my best to answer it. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.